Hey, everybody. So this is the first podcast from me. Um, I've been wanting to do this for years, but I just hadn't had the time. Um, and then I started talking and utilizing my network in ways that I had never done before. And I've really committed the last two years in building relationships that I already had, but like asking questions, asking how they did it, not being scared to say, I want what you have. Like, I want to go from where I am and I wanna be where you are. And then I wanna surpass you too, right? Um, and so I said, look, now I've got time because I did those things. I asked those questions. I've leveled up in my businesses. And I thought, man, I'm a girl from the trailer park. <laughs> I mean, grew up way, way trailer park. To have what I have, it wasn't magic. It wasn't luck. Um, it wasn't even a blessing. Um, it was just knowing that I wanted more and that I could get more. Uh, and surrounding myself with people that had more than I had and being open and learning from them. Um, and so now this podcast purely is about for that trailer park girl that's watching, that's listening, that wants more, that thinks that she or he doesn't deserve what I have. Oh, I want that life. You can, it takes hard work. It takes, uh, knowing what you don't know asking questions from people that have what you want and um, finding people like my first guests from my first podcast um, that are willing to give it to you for free and you just have to move your feet. You just have to do the work. Um, I want to say before I introduce the guest, uh, these podcasts, I mean, it's going to be raw. We're not going to edit. Um, I don't want anybody listening or watching that wants, uh, you know, uh, a pretty face on screen and uh, perfect hair and makeup and, you know, no curse words. By the way, if you have children listening, earmuffs, guys. I mean, my family's from the Bronx. Um, I use the F word a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to hold it back. Um, but I want it to be like real. I don't want it to be like perfect. I want it to be uh, uh, me and uh, people that are way better than me that I bring on as guests. And most importantly, I want my guests to be real and I don't want them to give you motivational buzzwords and feel goods that you can read on meme on Facebook. Um, I want them and I'm going to challenge them. I'm gonna ask questions. I'm gonna make them a little bit uncomfortable. I want them to give you tangibles, like how to, like where if you're listening right now, you wanna pull over and write down one, two, three, okay. I'm going to do one, two, three, because I'm so sick of listening to gurus. This podcast is literally named, I am not your guru. None of my guests are your guru. Nobody can be your guru. Um, you have to find information, ask questions, listen to things, and you have to do the work, guys. No one can tell you and make it happen for you. You've got to do it. So without further ado, my first guest very special, Daniel Heron. We go way, 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 way back. Um, I chose him as the first guest because everyone knows me for legal. So obviously my first guest is going to be in the legal, but um, my podcast isn't going to be about uh, attorneys coming on and, and selling products or talking about how great they are. Uh, it's really about entrepreneurs and um, 
Daniel's trade happens to be legal, but he's an entrepreneur. And I think it's important in this next, you know, 45-ish minutes to understand how he got to where he is because he has a level of success uh, that consumer bankruptcy attorneys out there in the United States that I know have not achieved. And it's not because he's lucky. It's not because he's magical even. He's not, guys. He's pretty average. Um, <laughs> but he's done very strategic things. And I want to know what they are because I want you to know what they are. And if you're not even in legal, the things he's done, they can be applied to any industry you're in, any passion you're in, any, uh, if you're an entrepreneur, he can help you. And it doesn't matter what your trade happens to be. So Daniel, entrepreneur, trade, legal, tell me where you got started and uh, where you are today. Yeah, I think uh, I am average. Okay. And when you said that, that's true. I had average grades in college. You know, I had like a 3.2. Um, I, I, I didn't decide to go to law school till like my senior year in college. Um, I took the LSAT. I had an average score. So uh, all the good schools, there was no way I was getting in. So I got in, average. I yeah. So <clears throat> I ended up going to school at this school called Texas Westland, which was not like even a top 50. I think it was like a rank 60 or 70. It's like a tier three law school um, in Fort Worth. Uh, I'm having fun. I'm in law school. We start, you know, I, 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 I meet a connection. I start getting some oil and gas experience and that's right around, you know, 2007, eight oil and gas was booming. So I come out of law school with two job offers. I'm like, man, this is easy. And a lot of my classmates had no job offers. Well, oil and gas dried up really quick and I, I I'm unemployed now. Um, and, uh, I start, I I'm thinking, look, I'm going to find a job easy. And it's, it's the, I'm facing rejection every day. I remember I called an attorney. I started just cold calling attorneys to, for coffee. Cause I was sending out 40, 50 resumes. And now we're in 2008 financial crisis law. There's no law jobs. Um, and I remember talking to a guy and he was a SMU grad. And I'm like, I want to do coffee. He goes, Oh, what, where'd you go to school? I said, you know, Texas Western. He goes, ah, I don't think you're going to be able to get a job in Dallas. You probably need to focus on those Fort Worth connections. And I remember I'm already feeling rejection. I don't feel that confident. Um, and I remember hanging up the phone and it pissed me off. That's, that's interesting. Why, why do you think I was, you that? I mean, it was, you shouldn't say that to people, like, especially a young attorney, you want to inspire, but it, it didn't break me. It got me angry. It was sort of like, okay, I'm going to show this guy. And that sort of has been a mindset I've had. Part of that's because I'm shorter. I've never been like a big guy. So I've always sort of had that underdog complex. So Stand anyway, up, let's see. I'm, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, and I'm going to pivot to how, you know, Tiffany was really who got me my first, after the oil and gas debacle, I was doing odd jobs. And I remember through a friend of a friend, this like hedge fund guy, like wealthy, um, I get a happy hour set up with them. I'm excited because I'm like, okay, this guy's going to hook me up with people. And I remember that happy hour. And this was a moment that like, it had a substantial impact on who I am. Um, uh, and so we go to the happy hour. We have happy hour. We have a talk. doesn't really lead to the, the bill comes and I'm a guy. So I act, you know, I'm going to pay for it. I've been unemployed, no income for like four months. Credit cards kind of maxed out. Um, and he lets me pay for it. 
I offered and I was like, there's no way. And so it was a hundred dollar happy hour. And for me, a hundred bucks was like groceries for the week. And I remember driving home and my girlfriend, now my wife was with me. I'm just driving home quietly. I pull up to my apartment and I literally broke down and bawled my eyes out. And when I say cried, I'm not talking like, I'm talking like a hyperventilating four-year-old toddler cry. It all, all the rejection, all the pain. I literally had like $500 left available credit on my credit card. I had nothing. I was too proud to even tell my family about it. Cause I was like, I have to figure this out. And I broke down and it was this cry for like five minutes. My girlfriend had no idea. We were still splitting dinner. She had a job. She was a school teacher. And it was that pride, you know, I didn't want to share that weakness. And I remember that so vividly. And at the end of that, these words just emerged from my soul. And the words were never again. I was never going to be that vulnerable again. Okay. And I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't care if I had to go work at Starbucks, but it was like never again was, it was in the very core of me. So fast forward, I eventually interview with Tiffany, do a phone interview, get a job as a bankruptcy attorney, didn't even take bankruptcy in law school. So I was like, I'm not going to practice bankruptcy. I want to do like, I want to work with rich people and do mergers and acquisitions. But this moment of going through this hardship of like not having money or, or starting off with good paying jobs, no jobs, maxed out credit cards, bawling over a hundred dollar bill. And then I end up in bankruptcy, which was, it was meant, it was almost, it was just serendipity, right? Because then I had empathy towards people who were going through financial challenges. Um, and, and that never again made me become a master in fi personal finance. I became a master. You know, Tiffany knows, I mean, when I got my job, she was making more than me um, as office. You know, I was a lawyer and we, well, and we didn't get paid. I barely graduated much. high school, guys. Yeah, I, I didn't, she was making more than me at that time. Uh, she still is probably, but I was a baby attorney getting paid nothing. You know what I mean? Like, but I didn't care about what I was getting paid because I was like, I am going to soak up this knowledge. I am never going to be like this again. I didn't care what my paycheck was. So I worked. I worked harder than everyone. I made sure that no one was going to outwork me. And over two years, I accumulated enormous knowledge because the firm I worked at was a, one of the biggest firms in Texas. So you had to think fast. You had to learn fast. Otherwise, you, you would be overwhelmed. And so I learned an enormous amount. Um, so that's how I got started. And then eventually I had the confidence to say, I'm going to start my own firm. So, so after two years, that's what happened. So let's, let's put a pause on that because I don't want to glass over for like the people listening that are like, man, dude, I'm, I'm in the car crying, sobbing, ugly crying in front of my girlfriend. I'm at that stage, bro. Right. I'm there. So look, it's not this, you know, um, just because I know you well and, and I know from my own experience, it's not this like um, cliche or saying of what you felt. Like you said, you felt it from your soul. So that is a characteristic that you have that I think many people have, but then they ignore, right? That soul feeling of never again never again. I think more people than not feel that, but then don't do anything. They don't execute. They just continue to feel that, but it never actually becomes true. Fast forward, the most important part about your tenure at the firm, when you finally found your, your calling um, at that time in bankruptcy and becoming an attorney, 
is two big things. So if you're listening, you're watching, these are the things you need to write down. One, he accepted below the maps of what he could in that season in life, right? He didn't interview and say, what are your benefits? And I need to make blah, 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 blah per year because I'm an attorney, right? No, he said, look, here's all the ways that I'm gonna work hard. I'm gonna learn. Uh, he had personality. He never asked, what are you gonna give me? He gave the entire phone interview. He gave, here's what I'm gonna do. Here's what I'm gonna do. Here's how I'm gonna do it, right? It was authentic and it never had an ask. So if you're writing anything down, if you're not where you wanna be in life, you need to find a place that's going to teach you how to get to where you wanna be in life. And don't you dare make an ask. You give, you give, you give. He worked two years, way underpaid for the value he brought, right? But that's what you're supposed to do. Take what you can get, eat as many ramen noodles as you can stomach on that pay, and know that what you're actually getting, guys, is the knowledge, is the how-to, is the education. That's what you're getting paid. Stop asking for, can I get a $2 raise? Start asking for, can I do more? Can I take on that person's work? You don't even have to pay me. I'll do mine and I'll do hers and you can get rid of her and you're gonna save yourself 20 bucks an hour. I'll do it. No additional cost to you, sir because I want to learn what they're doing, right? Fast forward two years, Daniel did exactly that. He was the best attorney there. He knew more than anybody. Everybody went to him. He had the highest sales rate, meaning money brought in. He created more revenue than any other associate attorney per person in the firm for that practice. He rarely asked for anything. When he did get raises, they were offered to him. He didn't have to ask. And then when his time was up, now we fast forward to where you are in your story, Daniel. But the two very important things on that is give and give more without an ask until you can pivot and leverage. I, I think you put it well. And I think it's, this is, this is pretty simple, but it's also very nuanced because what we're talking about is you have to have humility, but you also have to believe in yourself. You can't believe that I'm too good for this. And so I always had this belief that I was going to be successful. And I think part of that crying moment was the, the cognitive dissonance, like, okay, you, you think you're successful. Look at you, dude. <laughs> You've got no money. You're crying in front of your girl. Uh, you can't find a job. And so it made me say it created this pain, which then turned to anger, which then gave me purpose to say, I'm not good enough. I have to be better. I Clearly, it's not about the world. It's about me. I need to do something more. And so it prompted me to action. It gave me humility why I still had this idea that, look, I may not be as successful as I want to be today, but I'm going to be. That is reality. So it's sort of having this faith in the future that you're going to live, but having the humility in the present 
to just do, take whatever you have to take to get you towards that place. And I think too often people, they work on the confidence affirmations, I'm better than this, but they, they don't have the humility to then just take what, it, you know, just be, do whatever it is, even if it's below your station. And so they're constantly stuck and in conflict and they're not growing fast enough. I was all about, how do I accelerate my growth? That's all I care about. How do I accelerate my growth? Period. And so people don't have that. And if you can cultivate that mindset. And so before we pivot to like me start my firm, it's about, honestly, if you ask yourself, do you believe you're going to be successful at some point and define success in however you want to, but do you believe that's going to happen? How strong is that belief? How much faith you have in yourself? We're talking about faith, people. When you look around, there's nothing about you that's successful right now. So when you think, I know that when you say the words to yourself, I know that I'm going to be successful in 10 years and you close your eyes, your body's going to tell you if you believe it or not. Your nervous system will tell you. Do you feel like a sense of peace about it or is there like conflict and tension? If there's tension, that means you don't really believe it yet. So phase one is you got to work on instilling that belief. And there's all sorts of tactics, meditation, affirmations, um, uh, feeding your mind with success stories. There are people who've been worse than you and are more successful than you. So feed your mind one. And then that humility that Tiffany talked about. And um, you've got to have a work ethic. You know, someone I listen to a lot, um, he's a Navy SEALs. That seems like Jocko. He's written a book. But he has this line that a lot of people quote now. And it says, discipline is freedom. Mm -hmm. Okay? Discipline is freedom. Work ethic is merely discipline. It's a muscle. You go to the gym, you lift weights. Guess what? You keep doing it, you can lift more weights. You, you don't get as tired. Your work ethic's the same way. Right now, you have to accept you're probably lazy in a lot of areas. And if you think you're not, then that's that humility thing, right? The problem is a lot of people think they're already working hard and the world's unfair. Their boss doesn't appreciate them. It just doesn't work for them. And they kind of give up. That's not, you, you can always push yourself to do more than what you're, you are. You are always capable. I think <clears throat> life's about an infinite process of growth, okay? Um, so I just said a lot, and that's why I'm telling you it's kind of complicated because you have to believe in yourself, you have to be confident, but you also have to have humility. It's very hard to find that balance. It takes wisdom, experience, it takes a lot, okay? Um, and if you're starting out and you're young, it's better to be overconfident now, and then you can adjust later, but you've got to have humility too. So you just have to figure that out. Um, Tiffany, if you want to add, I, I just said a lot. So if you want to add something, otherwise I can no, give it to no, absolutely, you know, starting my because business. No, it, exactly what you said is, is super important. So like to clarify tangibly, um, if you're watching, listening is this, I look back in some of the things that I did, um, now that I'm almost 40, right? A couple months, I'm going to be 40. I look back at, <clears throat> you know, 16 year old Tiffany and 20 year old Tiffany, some of the, the brazen things I did like walking into a place that wasn't even, um, you know, uh, advertising, they were hiring because I wanted to be in that sky rise in Dallas. And I had no resume, no previous job worthy of walking into this place that wasn't even advertising. I look at that girl who then got that job, right, by the way, um, and think she's crazy overconfident and no credibility. And it's exactly what you said. I knew that 
I was going to have more than what I came from, than my life at that moment. I was going to have more. I just knew it. I was confident in who I was. I don't know where it came from. And now looking back as a, you know, uh, mature adult, it looks a little crazy. But what I also had was the humility and self-awareness that even though I walked in, I knew I was not deserving of the job. I was not deserving. I had no credibility. I had no experience to do what I was going to be hired to do. I never even had a computer. And my life was going to be a computer. I don't know that outside the public library, I had ever touched a keyboard. And I was going to be an executive admin for, I didn't realize at the moment, I just wanted to be in the sky race, a Fortune 500 company. I was going to be the executive admin to the CEO. Now, I started as a receptionist, right? But I had enough self-awareness, confidence to get me there to say, ask for more. Take those risks. Be bold and be confident but enough self-awareness and humility to understand. Also, once you get it, you need to learn so that you actually provide what your mouth said you're going to provide, right? And I think that's where people kind of lose the, the tangibility of that is go and do those things that you think you're not worthy of. And then if you get them, if you're blessed with them, you need to be worthy of them. And that's gonna be hard, 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 hard work. Learn, 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 learn. Because you're right. Right now, my success language is freedom, right? And that means that um, for me to feel successful in my day, I had more freedom to do things. And that took me being a slave for so many years. A slave of give, 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 give. When you find a pivot, then ask. But if you do ask and you have that pivot, then give more than what you asked in return, right? I love what you just said because I think the problem in the space of self-development, too often they come, they're, they're teaching people from their current place. So I'm successful now, and I like how you define that because as you, when when you're where you're at now, the the things you're doing, if someone's just starting off, they're not going to be able to do those things. It's going to actually backfire, right? So it's like when you you have to with you you have to know where you are on the journey and what it's going to take because just like with you, it's like okay, I know how to be successful, I know how to work hard, and now I want freedom. Okay, you can't be 20 with no experience and want freedom. You just can't because you have to put in the work. You have to develop the expertise. Expertise is the nuance. You cannot do that without time, energy, and effort, period, okay? So there isn't a shortcut to get that. There isn't. There are ways to accelerate your growth, but there are no shortcuts where at 21, you know, and, and I know that's what we all want, but you, you cannot, you can't substitute with hard work. So as you elevate and you evolve, your goals are going to change. The strategies and tactics are going to change. Overall, it's the same thing. It's it's the, it's the work ethic and everything else. So I think that was that was that was perfect what you said. Um, so that kind of brings us to that hip, that I would say that first. And don't let me speak for you, but that first true understanding 
of a move, a pivot, a leverage, a power move. That two yeah. years at the firm, the, when did you know, like tangibly, if I'm, okay, let's fast forward and I'm uh, similar to you and I'm in that year one of two years of when Daniel made that pivot, that leverage move, that significant milestone and where he is now, which is, I'm trying to follow your path. How do I know when to do it, how to do it, why to do it, what the do it is? So I, I was always going to be an entrepreneur, period. That was built into my DNA because I read, I, one of the things I became was a self-help junkie. My first book was Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. I started reading in college. Um, so I just read that all the time. Okay, I, I just, I, I fed my mind, feed your brain with stuff that you're going to be able to call on down the road. You shouldn't be yes, listening to talk radio no in your car. Read, listen to audio. I don't care. Feed the brain over time. I'm telling you, you're going to start noticing you think differently, the, your language changes, anyway, you know, all that. But I remember I came from desperation, man. I was desperate. I wasn't going to be some lazy first your associate it's sort of like when when people migrate to america they come with a work ethic that's like god well when you're desperate and you don't know any better that's just normal for you so i was like my normal is going to be working harder than anyone if they think 50 hours is hard i'm working 70 and now i'm going to make that normal and guess what when it becomes normal it's not that hard the hard part is the first few weeks to get adjusted and then it's not that hard same thing with people who work out you talk to anyone who works out regularly it is not a burden. It is a benefit. It's a pleasure. It's like a reward. Okay. You eventually get to that point. So all I knew was I was going to, with humility and I just worked and I didn't know. And I, I, I had to figure things out. It's not like I worked for a firm and I had a mentor who taught me everything. No, no, no. You got thrown to the wolves and you either survived or you didn't. And I learned to thrive. And I'm, I'm so thankful. Pain is the fastest accelerator of growth. When you are comfortable, that is one of the, as you get successful and that's something I'm realizing, comfort is a killer to growth. And that's something I'm, look, I'm not, I have had comfort the last few years and it has, I am behind schedule and I'm having to kind of refine that never again thing because I've been comfortable. But, but right now you probably, if you're there, that's a whole different conversation, but pain. But, but I will, I will do a sneak peek there. The definition of anyone that is successful is conditioning. And conditioning also requires that if running five miles is easy, guess what I have to do now? I have to do five and a quarter. So life now, financially, uh, the success that I want, the things that I want now, and you as well, you know what we have to do now? When we get the comfort, uh, feeling, I have to drain my bank account to zero. I have to buy something. I have to buy a commercial piece of real estate. I have to invest in technology that is probably not needed in my call center, right? I have to have one of my accounts go to zero because every day I wake up, I roll over and I look at my accounts, right? Because every day I wake up and roll over as an entrepreneur, just like you, Daniel, unemployed every day of my life. So I look at my accounts. 
And when I start getting, uh, uh, you know, in the zone of, oh, you know, I don't have to answer that client call. I'll reschedule that demo, right? When I start doing those things, I catch myself, drain my account to zero because the next day when I roll up out of bed and I look at my accounts and I'm unemployed, I'm really unemployed and I got zero dollars in the bank, right? And it forces me to, all of a sudden my creativity comes back. I'm thinking and searching and I'm following up on that guy that was going to buy this and he didn't. And now I'm on him. And within a day, I've got a new client. I've got a new, uh, you know, revenue uh, idea or channel. I've made one of my clients better. You know what I mean? Like it creates that because it's conditioning, right? And conditioning means always evolving. Like, Conditioning isn't one point in time. You never arrive, right? It's always more, more, more. I can run five miles super easy. Five and a quarter is what I got to do next month then. Yeah, and it's not about, it's not the results, guys. It's the process, the journey. It's journey before destination. You know what I mean? Like the journey is the reward. The results are great, but it, it's the way you feel. Then, like when you're achieving and you're, you're operating at your potential where your brain is connecting, you're figuring things out. That's the best feeling in the world. It's way better. Okay. And that's why you see like trust fund kids who have a lot of money. They're miserable. They have, they, they don't have purpose. They don't have fulfillment. So um, you, you, you know, that pain don't right now, whatever pain you have, a lot of times people don't use pain as pain is the, it's an accelerator for growth. There's nothing that will get you, to action. It was my, my words, never again, that pain, it created this energy. Now, most people have that energy and they, it, it go, it attacks them. You can channel that energy outward into your, and propel you to action, right? So your pain is your greatest source of growth right now. So whatever you feel, you got to really tap into that pain. Let it hold yourself accountable. Be mad at yourself. You know, I'm not where I wanted to be. And it's not because I was raised in this town or no, it's because of me. I'm going to take responsibility. I'm going to figure it out. And maybe it's not tomorrow, but I know just like if you have faith in God, have faith in yourself too, you know, that you're going to be successful. You don't have to have it mapped out now, but let that energy just cultivate and drive you and then let pain drive you. And it's a process and then you get confident and then you have more pain. So um, pivoting back the two years, I knew it was going to happen. I, and, and here's how I started. I, I was, I was hungry Anytime you work for someone, you're getting paid in money and you're getting paid in knowledge, like Tiffany said, you get paid in both. Okay. So the faster you can accelerate your knowledge and you can increase your learning, the more you're getting paid. So for me, it was like, I'd get in the office at six, I'd leave at six. Uh, I'd work weekends, didn't care. I would take on, I would take on stuff. I was, I was answering my, e I did all these things that you had to do. Um, and I learned more than anyone else. I would take on difficult cases, even though I wasn't getting you know, bonus on it, I would learn. And I, I started becoming the guy in the firm, like, hey, what do I do for this? Oh, I, 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 and I started to be able to reference stuff at the top of my head and people started being like, wow, okay, cool. And even dealing with opposing counsels, I had knowledge because I was constantly, I would refer to stuff just in the moment. And I've never been, I'm not a super high IQ guy. I'm not a genius. And I've never thought of myself as like really smart. Um, and that sort of, that doubt's always there. Like, I'm not that successful. I'm not that good. Sometimes I'll look around and be like, man, you, you've actually done a pretty good job, but it, it's just, I'm not really comfortable with that. I, I, I can come off as confident, but I'm always thinking 
man, I'm not really that good. Am I a fraud? Like, you know, that's always making me want to be authentic and real, right? And how I communicate. So start my firm. So how I got there, as I started, it was the knowledge, it was the acquisition of knowledge and the confidence that I got just from other people noticing me and hearing, getting feedback. And so then I, I kind of was like, man, I'm, I kind of know my stuff. And at the same time, I didn't know, I was like, I don't know nearly enough, but I knew a lot more than these other people, but I still was like, I'm not even close. But that feedback started giving me, okay, I am, I'm starting to become kind of a badass, but not letting it get to my head, but right, getting the feedback. So then I was like, I'm gonna start my firm. So the first thing I did was like, look, I'm not gonna, because I, that never again, I'm not just gonna acquire a bunch of debt and get a big loan to start my firm because I was so uncomfortable with that because I wanted that bootstrap mentality, that hunger, that I don't have enough money, I gotta be on top of it. So I basically, I made it to where I could cover my living expenses for six months. This is when I started my firm. My goal was I gotta be able to cover living expenses for six months without income. And I gotta have X amount in the firm bank account. So I had to save up where I could cover living expenses for six months. And then I had to save up enough money to cover the firm for uh, the bootstrap operation. I did. The second I got to that moment and I had specific numbers, put in my notice. That's it. So then I started my firm and guess what? The first four months I made $0. Do you think the two tangible things for someone listening and watching um, and being able to execute that decision is, is one, being able to realize you need to start making that move and do you think it's, do you, do you say to whoever's watching or listening, when you start becoming the educator, when that student and teacher flips, right? Because you came in as students, hungry, I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn, I'm going to learn, I'm going to work, I'm going to learn, take on more, right? There was a moment where the idea put in your head to start planning the pivot because you started realizing you were no longer asking questions to your surroundings. Everyone else was asking you the question. Was that when you're like, so tangibly, if I'm watching and listening and I want to be Daniel and I'm not there in that you know, season to do that yet, do I say to myself, okay, mark on the calendar. When I no longer have any questions to ask the people around me, and they're asking me the questions, I need to get out of that pond and level up because now I've become the teacher and I'm either gonna die the teacher or I need to go find where I'm the student again. Yeah, Tiffany, I think that- Does that make sense? I didn't, I wasn't, that's sort of a hindsight, but that's exactly that subtle confidence I got. It wasn't like I came in with this moment, it was that confidence, but you're right, I think that when, you, when I think about it now, I think that's a perfect framework for when someone should start. A lot of times- I'm not times, learning well, anymore. I'm not yeah. learning anymore. And I always have to be learning. That is growing success. If there's a moment I'm not learning anymore, I need to pivot. That is where I start deciding what I need to do next because I'm no longer learning and I'm only teaching, which is great. And you can continue to teach. But for me, not to die out, I need to now find what pond to jump into where I'm now the student again. And then what I think is excellent and tangible, what Daniel said is he didn't walk in that day 
when he realized he was no longer learning and he was the teacher and give notice? No. He said, okay, what am I going to do to learn more? He said, okay, I want to be a businessman and I'm not one yet. And I don't know how to do that yet. So then I'll be the student again, my own student, right? Of creating a business. So before I do the notice, I need to have my plan in place. Now, not the blueprints of what your logo is going to look like and, and, and your business model, because gosh dang, anybody that comes to me and asks me to do, do that with them, I'm like, stop, stop your time. Don't waste it. But what he did do, which is important, is he had a plan of what he needed for a term to get through the learning because he said, I'm going to be a student again because I've never owned my own business. And I know from my history how fast I learn. I need six months safety net of, of being able to have this much for the firm, this much for my bills. And until I don't, I have that in my account, I'm not making that pivot, right? That's exactly right. And I, I counsel a lot of small businesses, not just bankruptcy, restructuring, how to structure. Businesses fell, and this is why I think it's so important, especially if you're new to being self-employed, not to get a big loan to fund your business. It just makes you more reckless and more comfortable with spending. You have to be really on top of your stuff, but they run out of runway. As they start to learn and figure it out and get it right, they've already blown through so, they've made so many mistakes and blown through so much money that they're done. And had they had, they had enough to keep going three or four months. And so uh, you're never gonna have a perfect set, a perfect like knowledge you have to have enough where you start to distinguish yourself and you know that you could compete with your company and you could do a better job. The moment you know you could do a better job in that industry than what either whether you're working there or you're, you're, you're related, that's when you're ready to then say, okay, how much money do I need? And you set those goals, right? And then boom, then you execute. You jump in and you start. And the reason, you know, I made a lot of mistakes, but I, my mistakes didn't cost me much because I had a finite amount of money. So I would test things where if I had $100,000, I would have made bigger mistakes, but I couldn't make big mistakes because I didn't have that much money. So I made little mistakes to figure out ROI. And it really, when you have a business, it's the marketing correct. Recalibrated often because it was small, incremental. And that's what I've and been so doing my, my whole business. Every, my, as it's, as, and then it started to grow and I learned what worked, what didn't work. And then I got through comfortable seasons where I stopped adapting my marketing and then pain would happen, leads would go down, that pain would grip me, just like Tiffany said with the bank account. And then I would, then she's right though, it brings a level of energy out of you and you channel that fear. Now, again, you have to take the energy because if you don't do something with it, it eats you. Anxiety, fear, worry, you are eating your body in essence, your nervous system. But if you learn how to take that energy and instead of directing it towards you internally, you use it to propel action outward, now you're, 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 man, you're moving with purpose and energy and power. And people know that, you know, people can tell when you bring energy to anything you do, it transforms that thing. If you're just going through the motions, you're not going to get the results. Right. Um, and so that's been something I've learned. And again, even now, again, I'm in a comfortable phase and I'm starting to be like, okay, I have to relearn again. And, and that's what it is. You're never, you never have it all figured out. And the moment you think you do, you don't have humility anymore. You're going to stop learning. Look, the moment you stop learning is the moment you you're, 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 you're slowly dying, right? 
Growth is what the process is about. And it doesn't mean some people may be seeing this like, God, you never turn off. Like you're always wanting more. This seems materialistic. I want to enjoy my life and my family. No, the point of, is, of this is to get to a place where you can create and design your life. Who the hell wants to work till they're 65? Are you kidding me? Who wants to do that? So if you want life design, if you want that freedom, you have to separate yourself from everyone else. You have to be better. You have to be more skilled. You have to be more disciplined. You have to think quicker. You have to admit your mistakes faster so you can learn. You have to let go of pride. You have to let go, you have to learn to channel your pride fear. Is- you have to channel your fear. You, you can't run from fear. You can't run from anxiety. You have to learn when you feel that, that's a sign. Your mind and body are saying, hey, for me, it's like you trick yourself. This is a, I'm about to learn something. Like I'm about to grow and get to the next level. And when you get comfortable, you don't experience fear and pain enough and you will notice your growth stops. So you have to learn the balance of having just enough. And for me, it's about some people, when you experience pain and anxiety, it's like they live with it daily. For me, it's like, I'm going to go through it hard for 20 minutes. I'm going to let it be there. And then it's going to cultivate and propel an action. And then it's gone. I'm done. It's useless. I'm going to use it just enough. If you dwell on your anxiety and you let it just haunt you, then it doesn't become useful anymore, right? So that's sort of, you don't read that in a book, guys. You have to experience anxiety. You don't get good at managing anxiety until you put yourself in anxious situations. I didn't get good at public speaking until I, my first hearing, I can do in my sleep now with zero prep work. I prepped seven hours and it was a five minute hearing. I was sweating my shirt. I had to go through that to get to where I can do it now with zero butterflies, zero prep. And that's how it is, though. You had to put yourself through those moments, right? I don't get scared anymore. But if you're too afraid to put yourself in positions that are scary, you're never going to build the skill set to learn how to deal with it. One thousand percent. One thousand percent. So now you have this consumer bankruptcy practice, which, by the way, um, I don't know what the actual stats or percentage is, but uh, I know very, very, very small number of associate attorneys that leave a firm to start their own solo practice actually make it. What they usually learn is uh, they were foolish and didn't have a lot of humility And they just saw, oh, I'm making this law firm this amount of money every year, and I'm only making this in salary, and I can do it better. And instead of planning it, which would have shown and and also uh, uh, helped them with humility, they just walk in and, and resign, I can do it better. And then they go out, and they realize running a business is totally different than being a great attorney and working for a company. And that's with any industry. It's any company you work for, be careful in that moment when you decide to do your own, you should, that's what your goals are and what you want out of life. Um, Be careful that you've done the math like he did before he did it, because a very small percentage have what Daniel has leaving a firm, very small. Most come back within six months and want their job back and get hired on for less than they're making when they left. And that's because they didn't do those things and they didn't want to do the work. They got out there, they realized, oh, I gotta have rent. You know, I've gotta pay people. I've gotta have the light bill. I've gotta do marketing. And I may be a great attorney, but I don't know how to do any of those things. 
Um, but you were incredibly successful that you got your name on the board there. You know, like you were in ranking with senior level law firms. Um, and honestly, it was really just you and a handful of other people running a very efficient, smart ship. Because again, you're an entrepreneur that happens to legal. So then just because I know the end of the story or at least the current chapter of the story, what do you do next? Like the, the person who's going through this, right? Mm -hmm. Is that what you're talking about, Tiffany? Yeah, because yeah, so where did you go next? Because consumer bankruptcy is 5% of what you do right now. Yeah, so it's all it's constant evolving in pain. Every time I've done something new, it's because of pain. My revenue's down, I'm not making enough. And it's amazing. I, I'm now a big believer in serendipity. You know, not like it's it's meant to be, you know, uh, I think meant to be can be used for lazy people. Well, it just wasn't meant to be. Or I think sometimes we rationalize that. For me, it's more like the moment you align your brain right and you start thinking a certain way and you start taking certain actions, opportunities present themselves. And I don't think it's magical. I think that's how the brain works. You know, right now your brain, there's thousands of data points and then your brain filters them. And when you start changing your mindset and perception, it filters it to start seeing these things that were already there. Like if you buy a car, you start seeing that car everywhere, right? Like you notice it. Um, it's the same, it, th this, is, this is no different, right? So um, you start cultivating that mindset. And so for me, it was, okay, things are going well, experience pain, and then I'm all about experimentation. Like, I wanted, I don't want to plan out every detail because I tried that where I had to have the perfect plan and never worked. My most successful marketing things or anything has been a spur of the moment, creativity, jump into action. It works. It literally was like that. And so you got to put yourself in that position. And so for me, it started, you know, bankruptcy. Um, uh, clients were getting like, calls and I remember it was the first letter I sent like someone did something before that I wouldn't really we would just like if a creditor you know would, would violate certain statutes right so just so you know like you have bankruptcy you have statutes and a creditor would do something they weren't supposed to do I would just call them and we'd spend all this energy and they would either stop or not well one time I was finally just fed up and it happened around where revenues were not where I wanted them to be so I had to be open I started opening my mind okay how do I make more money add more revenue channels right I was comfortable. I wasn't thinking about new revenue channels. I became uncomfortable. The, the energy was there. This client situation happened that had happened 50 times before in the last year that I just, but this time I said, I'm gonna do something different. So I send this, put a lot of energy into this demand letter. I send it out. And three weeks later, I made a demand. It was like a $300 medical bill. And I made a $7,500 demand for payment. And I got a check in the mail for $7,500. And I said, what? what? What the hell is this? And just like that, a new uh, revenue channel was born. And then I, I learned how to create the system, right? And um, it started just like that. The energy was there. Let's, let's think about the formula, guys, because I, I didn't have the knowledge yet. I was comfortable. I started having a little discomfort. I was sick of these creditors doing it. So I put, I decided right then I was motivated. I was inspired. 
I drafted a, a, an amazing demand letter from scratch, sent it, got paid right there. This is an untapped revenue channel. What am I doing? How much, how many, how much money have I? And so right then I start doing it. Do I know how to do it? No. Do I know how to set up the system? No. What do I do? I start just learning. I, I, I put on that learner's mindset again, like I've always done. And now it's grown into something that is trumping, you know, it's, it's now the biggest revenue generator, which is consumer advocacy, but it was born out of what? This combination of pain, dissatisfied, the, opened my mindset up to this, opportunity presents itself. I execute, not really knowing what I'm doing. I see just like sort of like you're learning, you start realizing people are now coming to you. I start getting results. And then that, that propels even more energy to put into it. And then the more energy you put into it, the more you get out of it. And so now it's a blossoming, it's, an, it's a whole new branch of the firm that's doing better than my, pri what my primary uh, firm does. And now you have a whole master course on it. And now I'm, I'm, I'm starting to teach about it because it's like people are struggling. And that comes from my sense that never again being blessed to work in bankruptcy, to have empathy and see what people go through and to be able to help people. And it's cheesy, people say it, but everyone has known like when you, giving is better than receiving. When you give someone like a gift and they love it, that, that feeling is pretty awesome. And so when you help someone and truly help them, that feels amazing, right? And so, but it, how did it start? Did I have a master plan in 2009 when I started? No, I think we get too caught up on having this detailed plan. I think the idea is that I know that I'm gonna be successful. And then you allow serendipity to, to, serendipity is merely seeing an opportunity and seizing it. But if you don't have the right mindset, serendipity will not exist for you. It will be when it rains, it pours, right? And it's That's mindset. That's the flip of the coin. That's the flip of the coin. Mindset. Take your pain. When it rains, it pours. No, you're about to accelerate your growth. You're, you're, you're blessed. You're about to get steroids. Okay, now I'm not advocating using steroids, but it's an example. <laughs> Pain is like steroids for your personal growth, did but you have to hear, use it. Did y'all just hear and see the attorney in him? Okay, I'm not, I'm not promoting steroids. That is the attorney. <laughs> There's is. some attorney that in is. the entrepreneur there. He yeah, just that did is. an asterisk. <laughs> that was my legal disclosure. Hey, I'm going to do steroids and get really successful, it, but my point it's is- It's ingrained into him. <laughs> it's how you see- the pain. Again, I like to exercise. When I feel pain in exercising, I, I don't see it as negative. It's like, I'm about to experience growth in my body, my lungs, everywhere. So, and this isn't something you work on overnight, guys. You have to cultivate this discipline. Start feeding your mind with this, with, with this podcast. Make it every time you drive, make it a habit. Don't wait once a week. You have to feed your mind daily. Open your mind to opportunities. Start, start really um, growing that belief that you're going to be successful. Remember, close your eyes and say, say the words, I know that I'm going to be successful in five years. How does your body react to that? I am telling you, this is your, this is, do you believe it or not? You're going to know your body will, will have tension, you know, and if it has tension, that means you haven't done enough to build that belief. You have to build it right now. If you wait, if you don't, you know, you don't, you have to believe in yourself before you're successful. This is how every success story, Sylvester Stallone, Rocky Balboa, the guy was broke. He wrote this script. They said, all right, we're going to pay you 
$150,000. This was in the 70s, I think. That was like $5 million a day. The guy's eating like soup. He had such belief in himself. He goes, no, I'm going to be the, the lead actor. They're like, dude, are you crazy? No. He said, no, then I'm not doing it. He gave up. He was making probably $20,000 a year. That is what I'm talking The belief has to be there before the actual success. If you're waiting to believe in yourself till you're successful, then you're going to wait your whole life. And you're going to be that someday talker who talks a game but never lives it. Never achieves it. So I'm planning on ending every single podcast that I do um, asking two things. One, from my guests, Daniel, and future guests, what are the two things tangibly that somebody listening that wants to be on your path that is in the beginning or middle uh, journey that's behind you now? What are two tangible things they should do today? Okay, one, gauge how much faith you have in yourself and your ability to be successful. How, where are you there? Do you know it in your bones? Do you know no, the sun's coming tomorrow. That's, that's, that is, that starts now. There's no foolproof plan. You feed your mind because you're dealing with your subconscious. You have childhood trauma. It's complicated and I'm not going to be your therapist. You don't need a therapist. Well, I'm not going to say that, but feed your brain. Start cultivating your belief. Write down affirmations. Listen to stuff. Start programming your brain. I know that I'm going to be successful. I know that in five years. Say it a thousand times a day. I'm not kidding on your way to work, get to that point where that belief is authentic. Right now, if it's not authentic, if you say, I am going, I know that I know I'm going to be successful in five years. Okay. Just say that. How does that feel? Until you believe it and that's authentic, you're going to be your own worst enemy. One. So cultivate that, feed your brain, brain, everything else. Two, discipline. Be uncommon. You work in an office space. Distinguish yourself from everyone else. Don't do what everyone else is doing. Be different, okay? Part of that means get to work earlier, leave later. Well, Daniel, Mike, I work in a toxic culture. My firm, so, hey guys, that firm I worked at was not the was not the Google. It was it was not very good. But that pain, that anxiety, that worry taught me how to deal with pain, how to deal with anxiety, how to deal with worry. So, like like Tiffany said, develop that discipline to be uncommon, work harder than everyone else, accelerate your learning. This is all from discipline, call it conditioning. And then once you've stopped learning, okay, you either, you either know, Hey, I can do what they're doing better. Okay. Start your own thing or branch out, pivot to something else and keep growing until you get to that place. And not everyone needs to be an entrepreneur. Not everyone should be. So you got to kind of know yourself, but that's, those are the two things that, that belief in self be, mm-hmm. and the discipline, the discipline is the mechanism of how you make belief a reality. Okay. Without execution, you can believe all day. You can talk all day, the discipline, how you start your day, how you end your day. That is all habit. That is all routine. That is all discipline. That's going to be the framework, the machinery that actually propels your success, your belief feeds the machinery. It keeps you going when you're down. It, 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 it's, it's the energy. It's the gasoline into the system. But the discipline is the system. You want to write a book? Start writing every day. What the hell are you waiting on? You want to, what, you, you're going to, you have to go rent a cabin in Alaska for four weeks? No. 
write every day, 20 minutes in the morning, like whatever your excuses are, blow them out of the water, you know? And that's what I, that's what I was going to say to add on to those two is one, uh, write down and define what success is for you. What do you want? And whatever you're saying you want, really write down or whatever form is good for you, typing, writing, you know, um, and really challenge yourself on, do you really want those things? Because will you put in the work to learn what you need to learn to get them? And will it be worth it? I have to do this every three months. I write down what success means for me in that season in life. And what do I actually want? I have put tangible things against, I want X, right? And then I say to myself, am I willing to do what is going to be required of me to get X? And there are times, and I think this is the part that we don't do as often as we should, where I scratch it out and I realize I didn't actually really want it. Something told me, maybe society told me that's what I wanted or something um, in my, uh, you know, being um, self-conscious about what I've earned so far and not being very smart, you know, something said I, I, I wanted that. But when I actually said what I was going to have to do and learn and work put in to get it, I didn't really want it. But then it created what I do really want. And then I'm, I'm um, you know, elevating what I need to create that. So I would say tangibly right now, no matter what phase you are in life, write down what you want instead of just speaking it and then say, okay, what am I willing to do for it? And those two things have to add up or you have to come to reality that maybe you don't really want it. And you're just saying you do, because if you really, really wanted it, then you would be willing to do the work and the learning that you also wrote down next to it that you would have to accomplish and achieve to get that want. Make sense? Yeah, that's perfectly said. And I think it's, you got to water your seeds, right? And that's yeah. what we're talking about. You have probably years of experience where you've been, you've doubted yourself. People have told you you're not good enough. That doesn't just go away. The way the brain works, those, those neuronal pathways are there. You have to create new ones that are stronger. So when you're, when those, when they start firing, the new pathway is the dominant one. So if you don't think this works, look, I always tell people test this stuff out. Like if you don't think affirmations work, like close your eyes and for, for like a minute or two minutes straight, just talk negative about yourself. I'm a loser. I'm never going to be. And then see how your body reacts with the feeling. Feeling is, is everything. And then do it the other way. You're going to slowly program your nervous system, your mind, your thoughts. Mm -hmm. And this stuff works. I know it seems silly, but I will also say this. 95% of the people listening to this are going to listen. Maybe you felt good. You're going to then do something. Else. You're not, nothing's going to change. And that's why it's hard. Life is overwhelming. It's so hard. And that's why oftentimes you have to hit, you have to experience pain because when you experience pain that's strong enough for me, that never again, it literally, you can reprogram your entire mindset, your personality, who you are can change. But if you don't have pain strong enough, ah, that seems good, but I'm just too busy right now. I'll think about this later. And a year from now, nothing's changed. So sometimes, Absolutely. and I, I'm no different. I'm in that comfort. Maybe that's what I need. I need some pain that, right now because I'm, that's a good I'm not. That's a good transition. So the second thing I'm going to do to the end of every single podcast I ever have, guys, hold me to it because I think it's super important is the first one was 
for the guests at the end to tell me tangibly the two things that y'all should do today. And then the second is to ask my guests, what are the two tangible things that you're not doing or that you need to be doing? Like, what is the next growth for you? Because when you get to be where Daniel is right now, the enemy is only you know, Daniel, what you're not doing that you have the potential to do or that you're not doing that you could have the potential to do because everyone's, you know, looking to you and asking you questions and, and you're the teacher. So only you know what you're not doing and the hard work you're not putting in to do your next level up. So what is that? So I have to stop being so hands-on. Um, I don't, I, I'm a good teacher, but I, it's hard for me to have the patience to train someone on these very nuanced legal topics. And I want to be able to delegate better because right now we're, we're very, we're doing very well and we're very blessed because the entire industry is doing very poorly and we're actually growing. Okay. Um, but with that comes overwhelm. So I'm extremely overwhelmed. I'm having to figure that out. And so that ability to navigate the overwhelm through growth while maintaining quality. A lot, what I learned is if your firm gets too big, it's almost impossible to have quality. So I don't want to grow and be, I don't want to ever file a hundred cases, but it's being able to accelerate the learning of my team. And I have to get better at that. And I'm not, I'm not doing well at that. Second, there, there are things I want to launch and do, but because I'm overwhelmed, I'm not able to feed that, put that energy into it. So I'm not taking consistent action, which means nothing, no results are happening. So it all comes with my ability to maintain quality and teach my staff to be able to execute like I am. So if I'm not at the firm, nothing changes. And that's very hard. And that's where I think anyone who's a business owner can relate to that. We're good at executing, but to have a true business, you have to be able to step away and your business still performs without you. And that requires Otherwise, humility. You're just, you're just an employee yeah. within that, that business yeah. you own. And so that's where I'm at right now. I am just an employee. I will absolutely admit that. So I have to, and I'm getting better at it, but it takes time because I have years of experience and you're trying to get people accelerate their learning. And so um, I can do more to quicken the learning of my entire team, which will then help me step away and funnel more energy into these other things. So for me, that is the challenge that I have to figure out. And I don't have the answer to it. So I have to figure it out. But I'm gonna challenge you. So in three months, I want a little selfie video on what you've done from today to that day. And what has it gotten you? I love it, accountability. There we go, done. A little three minute, little three minute selfie video. And yeah, and I'll be honest with everyone listening. Like, I think the yeah. problem with the what whole industry is people only paint their good versions of themselves, or, yeah. or they tell their bad stories that are like, like they're they're like two storybook. Do you know what I mean? They're not really authentic. They're crafted in yeah. a way to mirror their message. It's sort of like, hey, what's your biggest weakness? I just work too hard. I don't spend or, enough time with my family. You know what tell, I mean? Like, yeah. No, I do, dude. I do. Or they tell their loss but only after they had the win after it. Like, no, tell me your loss sometimes, today. Sometimes you lose, and, and I will tell you, I've been <laughs> struggling with this. I wrote, I started, when I talked about writing a book, I literally have written a book on personal finance, okay? It's called The Finance Miracle. I think it's amazing. 
all the stuff Tiffany's talking about, like how to budget, how to set up a system, how to do everything for people who don't know is there. I've written the book. The book's awesome. I've actually designed an online interactive course. But because I've been so overwhelmed, guess what? The book was written. It was done a year ago. I haven't published. My course is ready. I haven't done anything. Why? I'm going to call been you out. I'm going to call you out. I remember being in your office in Dallas where you said, okay, I want to start doing this course to sell this book. It's already in the can. And that was over a year ago. Homie. Yeah. So, so <laughs> there you go, guys. So I am you. All right. And so as you keep evolving, but now I'm, I have one business. And I just told Tiffany, I started a supplement company too. And I'm not, I have to find how to channel that energy. So my now challenge is I have one business that's doing really well. How do I now create these other businesses and, and not have any drop off at mine? And I have failed at it. And it's because I haven't put the, I haven't put the work in. I've been lazy or I haven't, I haven't had pain enough because I'm comfortable to say, I'm, I'm sick of this. I have to figure it out. And so I'm starting to get that pain because I'm almost 40 like Tiffany. And for whatever reason, 40 was always the moment for me in my, in my early teens and, and 20s when I was going to, I've made it. And for me, making it means the ability to retire if I want to. I never will because you're, you know, but I'm not even close to that. So for me, there's a lot of pressure, but I struggle just like you are. Like I, I have, I'm not, I've been at the same level for like these last year and a half, two years. And to get to the next level, I have to do something different. So you may be down here, but you're in the same boat I am. We're, we're stuck, right? You, your actions are going to be different than mine. So um, even giving this, doing this podcast is, is sort of rekindling that energy of, okay, what, what, I have to do something because I have to reach this, this goal I've set for myself. So three Let's months. You got to make, you got to make another uh, LLC profitable and, and uh, sustainable. Otherwise, you know, you're just going to tell yourself that what you've created and this amazing achievement that you've done in your law firm and extending it outside just consumer sevens and thirteens might just be a hoax. It just might be something that happened chance, but if you can recreate it, that's undeniable. And I don't that's need right, that no. for you. And I don't need that for you. Nobody listening needs that for you. But I know Daniel, and Daniel needs that for Daniel. Yeah, that's right. So go we're gonna do, do it, it three months. We're gonna see where we're at. Go do it. I gotta go. I got bills to pay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>